Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia-Pacific is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature prominent industry voices, thought-provoking commentary on news, current affairs, and the latest technologies, while connecting you to companies and innovative thinkers who are transforming supply chains in our region and across the world. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas only on Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia-Pacific. My name's Benji. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia-Pacific. Oh, thanks for that, Benji. My name's Jonathan Kempe, and I'm the host of Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia-Pacific. And after quite a long hiatus, after moving countries from Australia to New Zealand, we are back. And with more ambition than ever, Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia-Pacific will explore over the next 10 weeks and beyond a range of technologies that will apply inside supply chain to you and your operations. This should be a fascinating series. We hope you enjoy it. And we hope more than anything that it's practical for you, accessible, usable immediately to transform what you do in supply chains. I think a lot of the time as people consider what supply chains are, they get into a bit of confusion about what the role of technology should be inside their supply chain. Well, to start with, they have a faulty premise about what technology can deliver. This always fascinates me. I've had a long history in developing technology solutions and integrating them into various environments. Around 20 so plus years of being a systems administrator, integrating software, hardware and firmware into different locations and for different systems. And so I've seen the full gamut of things that people have tried to implement well and failed in, as well as solutions that have proposed that they are amazing, but in reality haven't been able to deliver what they've initially promised. As we consider all of these options, and we think about the lens of supply chain, and as it applies to you in your individual context as a business, we can see those broad options and be overwhelmed. We can think to start with, none of them apply. Sometimes we think some of them might apply, but I'm not, not sure how to integrate them. And other times we just avoid it completely and end up just basically in the same status quo we, we were before. When, when I delineate all of the different options available to any professional, be it a CTO, at the C-suite level, all the way down to a frontline decision maker, a supply chain manager or similar, I start to think first of what business risk or business practice am I improving before I even look at any given technology. It's really important to get the order of those things right. In terms of engaging with the business, the business priorities in terms of increasing efficiency or increasing profitability or going out of our way to make sure that business processes are happening in an accountable manner, those things have preference. They have preference and priority prior to considering technology. And I've found more often than not that when I've engaged with a business and I'm talking about business strategy, integrating some sort of technology into their environment, they haven't given much time to what their business practices are that they're trying to transform. Let me say that again. Whenever I engage with a business, I try and prioritize business transformation, profitability and so on, before I look at technology. And more often than not, the business does not know what it's trying to transform. This has happened time and again over the last five to 10 years in particular, and with the increasing cadence and with the increasing velocity as well. For instance, we've just gone through an entire process of blockchain and NFTs and metaverse and VR and all these sorts of things, which were roughly defined as Web 3.0. 
what I find interesting about that time is that there was a lot of nonsense, a lot of bluster, a lot of marketing material, a lot of words spoken about what transformation could happen, and yet very little transformation occurred. In fact, I'm yet to see a successful blockchain pilot in the wild that has progressed to production. From pilot to production, your failure rate, at last statistical analysis of that was around 96%. Most of the projects that were proposed never made it off the cutting room table. They were all cut down to size prior to being integrated into the business. So as we think about technologies, to start with, we have to make sure our priorities are clear. We have to make sure that the sort of technologies we might be pursuing are directly being shoehorned into a business problem. They're solving for something, and we know what that something is. When I approach this with business leaders, I'm very conscious to first ask what those risks and priorities are. And if they're not clear, we spend a bit more time going back over them. You probably have heard that famous quote from Abraham Lincoln, where he says, if I had an hour to chop down a tree, I'd spend about 45 minutes sharpening my axe. There's lots of different variations on that same quote, and the sentiment still carries and definitely applies for supply chain technologies. We shouldn't spend a huge amount of time considering what the shiny new toy does. We should understand more readily and with greater detail. And by detail, I mean an incredible amount of depth and nuance and calculations and data should dictate the play first before the shiny new technology is even considered. We should understand the risks and liabilities, the efficiencies we need and the transformation that we require for our business more so then we understand what the vendor has said about their specific technology or the capabilities of the technology that they're trying to sell you. So my first point as it relates to you and your organization is to first step back, to first consider and to know intimately what you're trying to solve for. And then you progress towards evaluating different technologies to see how they fit. In terms of the broad scope of technologies across supply chains, there's a lot of different solutions that you might consider, and it all depends in which segment that you sit in. As we consider all of the different moving parts of supply chain or a supply web, as some people call it, the interconnected parts that make up supply chains across the world, we can look at each individual segment and we can see solutions that sit in them. Sometimes we find solutions that bridge different segments. They're integration type tools that make things work together. I personally think that those integration tools will become even more pressing and necessary over the next five or 10 years as people realize that these disparate systems they were using before have to start communicating together. There's a few examples of those different integrated tools and we'll be talking to different suppliers and individuals who know more about those tools over this technology series. But as we consider what we need, so let's say, for instance, we've identified our business risk liabilities, the things we want to transform and change, we then need to look at an intelligent process to discern if a certain type of technology that's been proposed will meet those needs. Now, I would give you a free little piece of advice, which I think is very effective. When it comes to discussions with solution providers or vendors, be really explicit and ask them if their specific solution meets those needs. They should know. Here's an example. I work in a warehouse. I'm the manager of that warehouse. I look around and I realize I need to optimize the movement of both my personnel and assets inside the warehouse. And I'm looking for a technology solution that does that. I identify a provider who gives me sensor-based, perhaps IoT-based movement and movement tracking technology. 
and I realized that they could be a bit of an answer to what I'm seeking. Um, they attach different devices to both people and assets, and those things move around the warehouse now, and I can see with greater visibility what those people were doing before. Well, straight away, if I came to such a vendor, I'd ask them very specific questions that are directly related to my business need. I understand that you can track assets and I understand you can track personnel. Can they dot, dot, dot? That dot, dot, dot is the specific area of business need that you have. For instance, it might be interesting that you can track someone moving about your warehouse, but what you really want to know is if they dwell in a certain position, because if they pause for a long time, that staff or team member might have low utilization, as in they're taking too many breaks or they're being incidental in their work rather than intentional. They're not actually doing the role they're called to do. If that's the case, I'd expect that the vendor of that technology solution builds in dwell negotiation or dwell reporting time into the base model that they offer because it's important for you to know if people are pausing and stopping work. And so if the solution doesn't have that, you either need to ask it to be added as a feature, and if so, how long would that take, or you're seeking an alternate solution because the business risk, the business liability, the business need has directed the technology requirement and not the other way around. If you're in that warehouse scenario and you're using, say, asset tracking, that's a pretty common one, perhaps like products that you sell or assets like forklifts, in those scenarios, you might want to look at asset utilization, but then a value-added service. For instance, I need to know if my forklifts are running out of either fuel or an electrical charge as they move about their operations because I want to refuel them in time to keep them running. And so if that sensor allows for asset tracking, that's interesting and novel. It's somewhat helpful. But high asset utilization is really your business need. And if that's the case, you're asking your vendors, can your asset tracking system also track the level of charge in a battery or the level in a fuel tank? Because I'm really concerned about continuity. I want my assets to be used in a specific manner to drive high levels of profitability, but I also need that tracking to perform a function to make sure I get fuel or get the asset recharged in the right period of time. If that's the case, you're going to your vendors and you're imposing upon them the scenario related to your business need that asks them specifically if the technology does it. If it does not, you're seeking an alternate solution. Can you see in those two examples that we've prioritized the need of the business, the requirement of the business, the efficiency goal, the profitability goal of the business over the technology? If that's the case and you're in this process of choosing technology, you should always have a process that you're going into those discussions with that ranks your business needs before you start hearing from the vendor about what their technology does. What I've found, and I've been in the creation position of technology vendor, I've sold technology solutions to an array of people, what I generally find is you can get overwhelmed with what they're saying about how amazing their technology is, and you forget to apply it retrospectively or actively into your business model. So don't do that. Instead of going into those conversations expecting to be led to a solution, you should have your problems dictating what the solutions are. This particularly goes for platforms. There's so many platforms inside supply chain. There's platforms for procurement, there's platforms for supply chain management and tracking, there's containerized shipment management platforms, there's engagement platforms with the external providers, platforms, platforms, pla there's a huge plethora of platforms and you can veritably drown 
in how those platforms get applied into your business because you've got this mounting SaaS spend, software as a service spend that's going out every month to all these platform providers. And your overarching question is, am I getting ROI? Well, here's the thing. The same methodology that I've just given for warehouse management for a physical asset tracking or hardware-based solution applies to platforms as well. But it can be a little bit intangible with platforms because platforms meet certain business liabilities or requirements that a physical hardware asset tracking package may not be able to do. It extends the ability to you to meet certain business requirements. And I'll explain why. As an example, a software package may displace certain staff. It may reduce your staff spend by allowing you to implement the software package instead of employing a certain staff member. An example of that is intelligent procurement of, say, ocean quotes. There's a lot of ocean cargo carrier quoting systems around. I've even built one myself in the past. And those sorts of systems can displace a sales workforce, for instance. You might have someone whose job it is to go out and try and find customers and then match those customers to the quotes that you give. That whole process might involve some sunk capital in terms of employment, keeping that person occupied, but then they need to get a pipeline of work and then they need to match that pipeline of work through customer acquisition to those various quotes you might receive from your ocean carriers to match the two together in the middle and to therefore win business, which is profitable for you and the enterprise. Software platforms can do basically all of that now in a semi-automated, if not completely automated fashion. And that in turn alters your staff blend or the emphasis you place on certain staff positions to do that same role. So as an example, you should be looking at platforms not just as delivering you a functional set of values. Hardware tracking is, is kind of easy to understand about that. It tracks something and it leads to an outcome such as increased profitability or efficiency. But platforms also have the additional benefit of potentially restructuring your entire organization around what that software platform can deliver. Now, we'll set aside arguments at this point about reliability, about durability, about putting all your eggs in one basket, or the fact that you might be over-investing in terms of software platforms. We'll set those all aside for now, and we'll just fixate on the idea that software platforms might be able to holistically transform your business, which for the most part they're designed to do, and I believe they can do if they're chosen well. I'll give you an example. A freight forwarder I was talking to recently mentioned that the software package they were deploying should, in quotes, automate about 90% of their entire operation, 90%. If that's the case, a previous operation that might have required 10 staff now requires one person, maybe two. That's a significant reduction in staff overheads because of the intelligent application of a software package that is purposefully matched to what their business needs. Now, in terms of freight forwarding functions, we all know they're quite complicated. There's a lot of exception management. And here's the kicker with that. You might consider it could do about 90% of the heavy lifting if everything goes according to plan. But as we know, there's so many exceptions. Perhaps you've over-egged it a bit too much. You've invested too heavily in a software platform. And now your customers are yelling at you to try and give you real customer service outside of the platform, a sort of human-centric, personalized approach, and you don't have that capacity because you've over-invested in the platform. And that's an example to me, a real-life example, which I've seen time and time again, where different people, depending on what segment they're in, but freight forwarding is a pretty classic one for this, they think the platform is going to do an incredible amount of heavy lifting, but when it comes to the practicalities of delivering a customer-centric experience, a customer-centric 
set of value adds, a high touch in most instances, set of deliverables that are really transformational to the customer experience, a lot of those software platforms end up being secondary to the primary functions of what the business used to be. I think digital freight forwarding as an entire discipline is quite fascinating to consider because of all of that exception management. If a software platform is nimble enough to accept all of the different variables and can give you a solution, and I believe, just as a side note, AI is starting to allow us to do this. Natural language processing and large language models allow us to have platforms that are incredibly more flexible than ever have been, and we'll talk about that in subsequent episodes. But if we think about digital freight forwarding as a function, there can be times, a lot of times, where there's high-touch, exception-driven work that requires some unique intervention, human intuition for the most part. And if that's the case, if the software platform you're using to perform your forwarding functions doesn't allow for that exception management, you can paint yourself into a corner and an expensive corner at that. So when it comes to choosing hardware and software solutions for your business, there's lots of options available, but two broad ways to approach this. Firstly, Make sure you understand your business risks and liabilities. Make sure you understand as you deploy those technologies that they're matching specifically and effectively and measurably matching those risks, liabilities and efficiency gains, profitability gains with the technological advancement or solution you've deployed. Make sure you're answering those questions for you. Contextually specific, measurable results from the technology you're considering. That needs to be your first stage before you even press go on buying anything, deploying anything. And secondly, as you go into that buy deploy scenario, as you go into that phase of consideration for technology, you're revisiting those business risk requirements and you're specifically asking your vendors, your solution providers, your platform providers to give you a detailed synopsis of how their solution meets that need. The problem drives the solution and not the other way around. This is particularly important, as I've mentioned, if you're going into digital forwarding operations. And another sideline is customs broking, which I've had some robust discussions with with people lately. And just a brief note on that, customs broking is an incredible discipline that's very multi-layered and complicated, but we're starting to see large language models and natural language processing add real value to that process. And I'd expect a very large transformation to occur in those sort of complicated niche disciplines in the years to come. So when you think about technology and how it applies to you and your supply chain, I just want to encourage you to put a little bit more detail into that first state and then, and then, only after the fact, consider your technology options in order to make a wise and well-informed decision. In regards to making wise and well-informed decisions, it's very helpful that resources like Let's Talk Supply Chain exist. If you listen to Sarah's podcasts that have happened over many years, you'll realize she's talked to a significant amount of vendors. They're the ones who've given her increased information and detailed information about what they offer. You've heard firsthand from founders about whether or not their solution is going to do something that will meet those business needs that you have. If you go back through the LTSC resources, you'll realize there's a whole plethora, a whole library of information there that you can take advantage of to work out if you're going to make the best, the most informed decision. Outside of that, I absolutely encourage you to post to industry forums, to ask widely through research networks, be it through just straight Google searches or now using things like ChatGPT, to work out if there's things that are being sold by a litany of technology providers that are going to meet your needs. 
Also, I definitely encourage you to go along to industry conferences. I try to make it a habit to go to Trans-Pacific Maritime every year in Los Angeles, if I can make it across there from Australia, New Zealand. And it's a great time to spend with industry peers to not only look at what solution providers have on offer, but to ask people who know who've been there before what they've used. Don't be too shy. Don't be too proud. Definitely exercise humility as you do this to ask questions from other people who've been there before. And as you ask those questions, I'm absolutely convinced that you'll find the answers that you seek. So this is a little technology wrap up for Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack. And what I'd encourage you to do is you consider how technology works inside your organization as you can seriously consider sitting down, just taking a couple of minutes, if not now, and grab your favorite beverage of choice and sit down even with a napkin and jot down some of these things into specifics. Maybe write a list of your top three business risks that you have to meet. Maybe write down some liabilities that currently exist. Maybe write down some business goals that you'd like to obtain. And as you nut that list out, as you write it down, as you delineate between all of those different functions of your business and you consider which ones of them are most important, you'll start to see a technology picture that starts to emerge. Maybe you do need some sort of visibility, but what's more important is being able to action the visibility that you've been given. Or if that's the case in your tracking containers, then actionable insights, being able to call someone who can change the reefer temperature is more important than the temperature itself. So first and foremost, let's spend a bit of time organizing our organizations so that they can be more effective when they consider technology. Then let's look at the broad technology blend as it appears. And as we consider that blend, we're looking specifically for things that answer those questions about our business needs. And as they meet those needs, we should see an increase in ROI, profitability, and ultimately a transformation of the businesses that we lead. Well, that was the first of a 10-part series into supply chain technologies. Our thoughts first, and then what will follow is thoughts from industry leaders, vendors, solution providers from the Asia-Pacific region and from across the world. I'm really excited about these topics, and I hope you can join us for further episodes. And otherwise, connect with us on social media through LinkedIn or elsewhere, and subscribe to our podcasts through Apple, Spotify, or Amazon, or your favorite podcast provider.